Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Wednesday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. We got the uh, Buzzkill show out of the way on Monday, and so we're just, we're just all positive nine, I guess. So. Well, we're amazing is what we are. It's yeah, Wednesday. That's right. It's an amazing Wednesday here at the World Transformed. And I was thinking about this, you know, that's what it's all about when you talk about reality. We, we, we spent some time on Monday talking about shifting modes of reality and what it means to live and interact and evolve in a, in a digital world on Monday. And there's some problems, there's some challenges there. But hey, what about just all the totally cool stuff that's going on in the world? Let's not forget about that. And here we've got unexpected and amazing breakthroughs. And I think these are all stories that one way or another speak to big developments occurring that even a couple, three years ago, I think no one was predicting that they would occur. Or maybe five, ten years ago, no one was predicting that they would occur. Or that we thought they were going to happen, but now they've kind of spun off in new and fun directions. So let's take a look at some of these. Here's the first one. Google Brain Chief AI tops humans in computer vision, and healthcare will never be the same. Now, we've talked a lot about how AI is going to play a critical role in medicine in the near future. But this is kind of the, this is one of the big reasons why. And, and this, is, this is very interesting. Just talking about how well AI systems are able to identify visual information. And they talk about the fact that you know, six years ago in 2011, they were having a 26% error rate. And over time, we've seen AI systems, machine learning systems, simply surpass humans in terms of being able to process visual information. And they're getting, they're getting better faster, too. I, you know, it's like once they're past us, forget it, right? We're, it's not like we're yeah. ever going to catch up, are we? No, no. <laughs> Our ability to improve as a species is uh, <laughs> quite slow, uh, whereas uh, computers can improve uh, exponentially over time. So, yeah, they, once, they, once they pass us, they stay past us. And, and it's sort of funny. There's some activities, Phil, that we have a hard time putting a finger on exactly how we do them. Um, 
and uh, and some of this you know visual recognition stuff is 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 among them. You know, it's it's uh, a great example uh, I learned about a few years ago was the uh, the identification of chicks, and I'm talking about baby baby chicken right out of yes. the egg. Yeah. Uh, identifying them as either rooster or chicken, right? I mean, uh, and you turn them over, you look at their sexual organs, and okay, this is a this is a rooster, this is a uh, this is a hen, going to be a hen, and uh, and they and they just, I mean, the the people who do that do them qu- do it quick. I mean, they're just boom boom boom, they're they're dividing it, and their error rate is really really low. But you know, you ask them, okay, oh, uh, turn this chick over and tell me what you're looking at. And why this is a male and this is a female? Because I, you know, what I'm looking at doesn't, I, you know, doesn't really, you know, tell me. Right. And they can't tell you. They can't tell you exactly what it is. And it's that's it's sort of strange, isn't it? Um, and there's there's <laughs> yeah. other, I mean, because uh, and and they just say, okay, what what they do is when it comes time to train a new person to do that job, mm-hmm. okay, sit next to me and uh, you start, you know, just identify at random, you know, okay, this is a boy, this is a girl, and they'll sit there, you know, for about a week and a half, two weeks, and, uh, okay, you're ready to do it on your own now, you're, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're doing this pretty good now, and, <laughs> and so, but they, they never can say, you know, what it is that, uh, you know, they, they'll say, you know, nope, you got that one wrong, nope, 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 and then eventually they're getting it right. And they eventually they're getting right. it right, but there's no verbal yeah. way to articulate what it is that they're seeing. What it is that they're looking yeah. at, right? Well, that's I, I think that's the way it is with diagnosis of, uh, what, what's this uh, in the story is talking about retinopathy. Well, they talk about diabetic retinopathy. So That's right. Um, it, and, and, and it's hard for, I think, for uh, doctors to, to tell you, looking at a particular scan of the retina, you know, why this person has got the problem and this one doesn't. Uh, to some extent, it's difficult to burn the loss. Well, you give it to a computer, though, and, uh, you know, you show them a million images of, of you know, healthy eyes versus eyes that have a problem, and, uh, and they get really good at it, much, and much better than, uh, than the doctors in this story, correct? That's right. That's right. I mean, doctors kind of like the people sexing the chicks, right? Um, They get good at it over time. They've learned how to do it, but their accuracy rate is where it is. And the AI's accuracy rate is through the roof. It's just just that much better. And one of the things that's interesting about that is we were talking a couple weeks ago about how for a lot of these machine learning programs, they're not able to go in and say what it is it's seeing or what it is it's doing. When it when yeah. it when it makes these conclusions, so it's a very similar kind of situation. The machine cannot articulate back to us how it's making the distinctions that it's making, but it's obviously better at it than we are. We, I don't know if we've even talked about this story. I, I was actually in the talk I was giving last week, talked about it a little bit about the AI that can spot gay people, right? It, it <laughs> yeah from, from yeah, one picture, it, but only briefly. Yeah. Okay, so so from one picture. It's, you know, like 81% accurate on men and 73% accurate on women. With five images of a person, it's like 91% accurate on men and 80% accurate on women. So much, much more so than a human. If you show a human judge those pictures, you know, there, there may be a little better than chance, maybe a little better than chance, but nowhere near as accurate as the, as the computer is and yeah, we don't I, even know I, what I it's confess to be the world's worst at that. Uh, you know, yeah. In uh, in the only thing that tips you know tips me off uh, would be a particular fashion choice that's 
it, you know, that a particular community may have adopted. <laughs> you know? But these are faces. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, these are, yeah. We're, we're talking about looking at people's faces, right? So, yeah, um, yeah that's, uh, that's bizarre that a computer could do that. Yeah, I think if, and, if and you showed a computer a whole person, it might even be more accurate, right? It would probably even, right. you know, find, find that additional... Isn't a little bit troubling? I mean, if, uh, if, if somebody was going to discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation... You know, they could get get themselves a computer, a computer expert on uh, on spotting those orientations, right? It is, but you know what? We already did the Buzzkill show, so we're not going that way. Oh, here, yeah, here. that's true. That's true. Okay, let me. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's it, actually there are there 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 are very worrying aspects to that uh, to to that development, but it makes the case that you know if if you if you shift that over, because one of the things I've said is you know that's just one thing it's seeing. What what other things that you may or may not want to publicly announce is the is the computer going to be able to see in you immediately and have that information on you? Well, okay, there's a lot of stuff that you that you don't want the computer to publicly announce. But you know what? One thing you do want the computer to immediately see is anything that's wrong with you that can be fixed, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, like so, so the good news is a computer that can do that is going to find is is going to see health problems that we have that we're carrying around inside of us that that we can't spot in each other that doctors wouldn't even be able to spot in each other you know maybe read them from our face read them from our body language that otherwise would have gone completely undetected or might have gone undetected until some other symptom showed up six months 18 months later when it may have been too late so in fact as scary as that story might be for social reasons for medical reasons, it is like awesome, right? It's like yeah. it's 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 potentially one of the biggest and let me just add most unexpected breakthroughs that uh, that has occurred. And speaking of big and unexpected breakthroughs, how about this story? Scientists create world's first molecular robot capable of building molecules. I've Amazing. read this a couple times, and I'm like, okay, so. Isn't this like the big moment we've been waiting for in nanotechnology? Why is this not the big moment? What, you know? It is the big moment. It, it, I, I got to agree, agree with you, Phil. This is, you know, it, this is this is the ultimate rebuke to the fat fingers argument, right? Right. That uh, that has been made since the beginning when uh, people were trying to take down Eric Drexler, uh, saying that you know that what he is talking about is complete fantasy. It can't happen. Uh, we cannot build machines that can operate at that level. You know, and we have a fat finger problem. Well, this is showing that, no, we don't. We can, we can, uh, we can have fingers small enough to do these things at a molecular level. That's, that's cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, in, in the book Radical Abundance, uh, K. Eric Drexler talks about that series of debates he had with Richard Smalley about his his models of nanotechnology, his ideas about nanotechnology, and a lot of it came down to that fat fingers debate. And Smalley saying, you're never going to have pincers or tweezers or fingers small enough to go around plucking atoms up and, and putting them down, that, that that will never work, that that can't work. And Drexler said in the book, and has maintained, that that's a big misrepresentation of how he has described it working, right? That in fact, it, right. it, it's similar to that, but what you're using is using chemical bonds to connect things. And, 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 and you know, you do have this mechanical aspect to what's occurring, but there's also a, you, you, you know, you're, you're also 
leveraging the chemical properties of the of the molecules you're working with in order to connect things and take them apart and move them around and those kinds of things and that got completely lost in this idea that you know somehow there was going to be these tweezers that did this so when when they talk about this robot arm <laughs> right this molecular robot that's capable of building molecules that's really what this is it's a it's a little mechanical device that's using a chemical bond to move molecules around exactly right what Drexler has described for years that, that he's that he's been talking about and you know it's very simple what it's doing right now but talk about a proof of concept and right. yeah I haven't been over to the Foresight Institute but you know I don't know are they are they popping the corks on the champagne bottles it just seems to me that this is uh, this this is a this is a huge huge breakthrough and well, if I mean, really at, at dinner on Friday night, my oldest, uh, who's in engineering and just, I mean, he loves this sort of stuff. He, he was showing me the video of these little, these, these little bonds, I mean, opening and closing around a yeast, a, a yeast molecule, a mo- not molecule, but it's a yeast is actual organism. But it was, yeah. a closing, it was closing around yeast and then moving it. Right. Um, he, and and uh, so he's, you know, he, he was extremely excited about that. And so this, and, and to be working even at the molecular level, that's, uh, that's incredible. So um, it's, it's an exciting time and they should be popping the porks. I, I, I really think so. Um, and so I, I, I suspect you get over there and you, you'll, you'll see uh, some congratulatory talk, although they've got, there's a long way left to go. It's, it seems like it is a very important milestone. Yeah, well, the, the, the question of whether a small machine can move molecules around has been answered, and the answer is yes. So, you, you know, score, score a big one for Team Drexler, I have to say. Score, score a big one for – there's been so much um, just kind of backing away from – and people will use – you know, they'll say Drexlerian, and they'll put the word in quote, even nanotech, how it's been discredited and debunked, and no one really believes it anymore. I mean, you see this. I, I see this yeah. in my Facebook feed all the time. One of the ways people establish serious tech futures credibility is to is to say, well, Smalley disproved all this years ago. I was like, no, he didn't. It was a debate, right? Nothing was ever proved. Um, some say Drexler won, and this robot seems to believe Drexler won too, right? In, in a big way, I think. Uh, yeah, actually shows how that's working out. So where are we? You know, is this the universal assembler? No. You know, is it tiny robots in our pants? Well, you know, closer to tiny robots in our pants probably than the universal assembler. We're, you still can't sit down and say T. Earl Grey hot. But the point is, if we're ever going to have that machine, it was going to rely on something like this. And now we've got this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, from the beginning, I always thought that, you know, DNA was the ultimate proof of concept, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. <laughs> our very existence re- relies on the ability of molecules to to move around other molecules as need be. Um, but uh, uh, the fact that we can do it and direct it ourselves, um, that's, that's huge. And so um, it's very exciting, very exciting. Okay, this, says, uh, this uh, next one. Oh, go ahead. Scientists just, just used gene editing to remove a fatal blood disorder from humans, from human embryos. So, I mean, they didn't just do it in a baby or, or a, a patient that's right there in front of, in front of them, but they did it in utero. That's amazing, Bill. Well, and this is the second story like this that we've talked about because we talked about uh, two or three weeks ago the same basic procedure, gene editing, being used to remove 
I believe in that case it was a gene associated with a potentially fatal heart condition from yeah. from human embryos. So, and, and we said, well, that's one, and now we're going to see more of these. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, more of these, right? <laughs> here, here it is right here. <laughs> Let, we had to wait a whole week. <laughs> yeah, let the list continue, okay? This is... This is awesome, okay? And, and we could do a buzzkill show about how scary it is that people are going to be editing their babies in utero, but there's nothing scary about removing fatal heart conditions or fatal blood disorders from human embryos. I refuse to be scared of that. I think that's the most amazing thing, and they can keep these coming. It's beautiful. That's what it is, and uh, yeah, love it. So the only thing that made this one unexpected was it just came so soon. You know, I, I said we'll see another one of these. I thought maybe in a few months we'd see another one of these, and here it is. Yeah, I, I think really about a week and a half later, right? And here's the next one. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll see what we got next week, right? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we'll have more to report on this. Anyway, keep it up. That's all I have to say on that. Okay. The, so, the sing, these single gene pro, uh, problems are the low hanging, but there are other problems that are related to multiple genes. That, uh, that, that to, me, uh, to me, it'll get real. I mean, it's real for these people that are having these problems taken care of right now, you know. But uh, it, it's it'll it'll get extreme. It's an extremely important milestone when they start editing multiple genes that lead to problems. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I, I suspect that we'll see that in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, this but, is how you start, right? This, yeah, this is how you gene, start. Yes. And and not everything will be correctable or fixable. At the genetic level, there's some disorders right. that existed at, at, at another level from that. But even with yeah. those two caveats, okay, this is so huge. I mean, it's yeah. so huge for anyone who's who who carries this in their family and wants to have kids, right? It's like, well, now you can, you know, potentially, <laughs> and you don't have to worry about 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 passing this disease along. Anyway, um, it's it's just wonderful, wonderful stuff, and. The only reason this isn't a huge screaming headline, and I'll say this about the previous story too, is we've just gotten so used to so many big things happening. That's why they need this. That's why the world needs this show, Stephen. So we're here to <laughs> remind people. Okay, let's that, just keep doing it. Why don't we? Yeah, this, this totally amazing stuff is occurring, and you know we, we are on trajectories to see much, much more wonderful things happen in the very near future. That's why we've got to keep doing it, because we're going to be proved right over and over. I feel really good about that. <laughs> well, you know, okay, now, speaking of being be proved right, right, what's going on with Elon Musk? He's backpedaling on Mars. He's changing his plan on Mars. What's happening, Stephen? Give me the, as a man who has named his dog after Elon Musk, okay, give me the... Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> old Muskie is in the... Uh, Oh, Muskie is uh, sleeping in this morning. So anyway. uh, okay, um, yeah, he's he, he's missing out. Go ahead, tell yeah. us what's happening here with with Elon Musk and Mars. Okay, so uh, last year, uh, almost to the day, uh, a year ago, um, Elon Musk gets on stage and says, "Okay, we're going to Mars, and here's how we're doing it, and uh, we're going to do it with the BFR rocket, which uh, is not so uh, nice uh, uh, acronym, right? It's a uh, big effing rocket is what a BFR stands for. And, hey, wait, uh, hey, that's its nickname. It actually, the F is something legit in, in is it really? I, I thought that it really was. That was uh, no, you know, no, that's, that's uh, what they've nicknamed it at SpaceX. I, 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 thought, I, I thought it was hilarious that uh, something so serious would have uh, that, that uh, acronym but, uh, because I thought it was for real. Anyway, so the, the, <laughs> Go BFR, ahead, the BFR was announced. Big Falcon rocket. It's the Big Falcon okay. rocket. 
Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. Okay, yeah. um, so at any rate, I, um, I'll have to tell my kids uh, if they ask uh, that if that's what it stands for. And quit yeah. talking that way. Smack, yeah, right? Quit, yeah, like, yeah. Watch your I'm language. Your mother's here. Also. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> I, uh, I always liked Life Boy, you know, as a kid. Anyway, um, <laughs> 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 Ow, anyway. that is some nasty yeah. stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he, he announces this, uh, the, the big Falcon rocket last year, and, uh, and of course, um, as, as, as with anything, uh, uh, the critics came back and said, well, here's the problem with it. How do you finance this? How do you uh, get this, this thing to where you can, you, know, you, can, uh, you can go to Mars? How do you afford to pay for it? And uh, you're talking about building cities on Mars. I mean, that's, that's not one rocket to Mars. That's you know, a multitude of rockets. How do you, how do you pay for this, uh, Elon? So rather than just abandoning the idea of going to Mars, I think it's I, th- I think it's to SpaceX's credit and to Elon Musk's credit to that uh, I just kind of went to the drawing board and said, well, you know, the critics have some things right in what they're saying there, uh, and uh, this big huge thing that we're trying to build is good for one thing, and that's to go to Mars. What if we instead built something that's good for the solar system? We can pretty much go anywhere we want to with it. We can go to the moon, we can go to Mars, we can even go further. Uh, what what uh, what if we wanted to build the all-purpose spaceship that's 100% renewable? How do we go about that? Well, they they uh, came up with something that's uh, um, you know the the smaller big Falcon rocket, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh, which is still huge. It's uh, comparable in size to the Saturn V, uh, but uh, not not uh, not. Not Saturn five point five, you know, point five bigger than Saturn five, right? It's uh, like the the, the original uh, BFR was. So they they've they've uh, and there's there's fewer rocket engines in it. But you know, some of the things they have done to it, uh, all of the uh, all these rocket engines are you can um, you can turn them all now, and so that can mm-hmm. be part of your guidance. And uh, it's um, it is a neat system, Phil. They he talked about all the things they can do with this. Um, Including, you know, a moon base, um, going to Mars, going to the asteroid belts, all of these things, um, and and um, you know, and you can go to this International Space Station. It's built to dock with International Space Station. And here's the thing: you get you get one of these uh, one of these rockets into orbit, you back up a, a, another uh, rocket right to, to the back of it, and uh, fill it up with fuel so that you're in orbit with a full tank of gas to go to Mars. Right. Right, um, and so you don't have to launch from Earth and then and then uh, and then make it halfway there and then run out of steam, right? You got uh, you got a full tank of gas. So these and uh, you could you could potentially set up uh, you know <laughs> filling stations throughout the solar system if you wanted to, and uh, I suspect that's ultimately the plan. But I thought it was interesting, Phil, that he's talking about building these things not just for those things, but also to transport people around this planet. And he, he says, you know, if you want a 30-minute flight from Tokyo to, uh, to New York City, it's possible with this, a suborbital flight in these things. And, uh, you know, and to me, if you're, there's, there's, that is an exciting way to finance going to Mars by also, you know, radically transforming uh, the way that we get around the planet here, right, right. is, uh, you know, um, and and we're talking, you know, you're, you're thinking, yeah, but it'll cost me, uh, you know, ten grand. No, 
no. I, he's he's talking about a business class uh, ticket. Um, and why? Because it's the system is completely one hundred percent reusable. Right. And um, and then so it's and and you know they they're uh, you know the critics have often said about his systems. Well, you could you could go farther. You could do more if you're. Uh, if you weren't, you know, going for this 100% reusable thing, and he says, well, you know, that's ridiculous. If we, uh, you know, I could, um, I could, I could uh, charter a, an entire 747 for the price of, you know, destroying a Cessna. Right. You know? Why wouldn't I, you know, fill up a, a 747 uh, and 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 use it uh, over, you know, destroying a Cessna aircraft, uh, you know, every single time, and, you know, this reusable business is the way we make space real. And well, he's, he's it's obviously fun. committed to it. And right. I think he may be onto something. It could be that the thing that has held us back in terms of moving forward in space, there's probably a lot of things, probably a lot of technological things, social things, economic things. But one of the things that's held us back moving forward into space is that the quick and dirty approach was always to make stuff that was disposable. Right. The quick and dirty approach is mega expensive, and it can't be anything. You can't scale it. You can't make it economical to build Saturn V rockets that disintegrate. Yeah. These, these big rockets that can get a man to the moon, amazing, wonderful, and potentially probably could have sent missions out to Mars, out to the outer planets, the asteroid belt, the whole thing, everything he's talking about doing, we probably could have had some version of all that stuff with Saturn V rockets as a, you know, as a government program back in the day. But it was so expensive. And one of the reasons it was so expensive is you're just, you know, you're just basically flushing that rocket every time you launch one of those, right? You've spent billions on these rockets and then they're done. And, 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 and that's it. When Musk talks about making a rocket that's fully reusable, it's already going to be more economical. Even if it costs more to build it, it's already more economical than a, you know, a rocket that you can't reuse. It's just, I mean, I, I'm not an economics major or anything, but there's just a part of me that says, well, that makes sense. Now, doesn't it? <laughs> but but, <laughs> yes. but the, the genius here is, hey, let's find a viable market for using a lot of these. Because then yeah. you're not you're not only saying okay well for purposes of going to Mars it's good to have these reusable rockets but now he's saying we we need a lot of aircraft right we need a lot of craft to carry people around this planet and if you start building these to serve that purpose you're going to build a lot of them they're going to become very reliable they're going to become very safe and they're going to become a lot cheaper and then and and you're going to make a ton of money. So you've got you've 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 got the machine to get to Mars, and you've got the money to get to Mars. It's uh, once again Elon Musk proves that we're living in a Robert A. Heinlein novel, right? He is right out of uh, you know the man who sold the moon or, or or one of those ideas. And then he says, let's build a moon base, and let's call it Moon Base Alpha, which is just you know a little <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> a little nod to all us geeks, and we all go, oh yeah, let's go with Moon Base Alpha, right on. <laughs> It's it's all really exciting stuff. So here's my question, Stephen: Is it all just marketing spin? Is there any chance the world's going to go for this idea? Because I love the idea of getting in a essentially a Saturn V to take a trip from New York to Tokyo. You know, I, to me, that is like what the future was supposed to be anyway, right? 
is there any chance that, that this stuff's going to materialize? And if so, give it a percentage. How likely is any of this slash all of this to happen in your view? Okay. So and I'm asking you because I know you're an enthusiast, that, right? You're, you're, you're a big-time enthusiast. Just, okay. I, I can't answer just yes or no or, give, or just slap a percentage on it without qualifying my answer just a little bit because okay. he, he, uh, he, he put, down a, uh, put up some, some dates, right? For getting to Mars, yep. And uh, he, he, the first date he threw up was uh, uh, 2022. Well, Phil, I, I you know check your calendar, but uh, we're we're talking like five years from now, right? Five years. From um, now. That's right. Uh, and he's and that's his cargo trip only. Uh, no humans on that on that go around. And then the next time the planets align to allow uh, people, you know, our ships to go, uh, people will be on board, and that's in 2024. And um, and so he, he's saying, you know, that's not a typo, um, but it is, you know, and, but it is aspirational. He, he, right. Okay. And that's, that's his way of saying, yeah, if, if this is what we're going for. Um, and I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I would put a uh, percentage of likelihood of us seeing um, people on Mars in 2024 at less than 50%. Yeah, uh, I yeah. put it somewhere in the uh, twenty-five to to thirty percent range. Um, I would say that the uh, chances of seeing people on Mars before twenty thirty, I would put at ninety percent. Wow. Okay, this is a true yeah. believer, Stephen. You yeah. are a true believer. I, I I would not put the numbers that high, but I like the fact that you point out the milestones. Whatever the chance is that we're going to see people on Mars by twenty thirty, it's going to go up immensely if those cargo ships go up in 2022, right? It's like, okay, right. well, suddenly the yeah. chances are going to increase significantly. So if he stays oh, yeah, on I would, track. I would, I would adjust my numbers. If, uh, if you ask me in 2022, right after he lands the cargo ships on Mars, I say, uh, you know, we're going to have people there in 2024. I'd say, yeah, I'll put uh, the chances at uh, 90, 95% that we'll see in two years of people on Mars. Yeah. That, you know, if, if we're able to reach that milestone, that first milestone, then it, it Obviously, the second milestone becomes a lot easier. Well, I, I, I would, again, set the percentages lower, but you know what? This is the amazing show, so we're going to leave your numbers as the, uh, as the official show predictions, and we'll track it as we go. Anyway, it's very exciting stuff, all of it, nanotechnology, curing diseases in utero and going to Mars, all of these stories, uh, amazing unexpected developments. And you know what? We'll be tracking with more of those in the near future. That's going to have to do it for this edition because we're completely out of time. Stephen, great talking with you. Great being with you all. We are going to be back on Friday with a brand new show. And until next time, live to see it. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.